Good morning. It is Tuesday, September the 29th in 2020 on When Our Eyes. And here we're in year A, proper week 22, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. And on Tuesdays, we like to eat tacos because it's Taco Tuesday. But we also like to read the Psalms. So the Psalm for this week in the lectionary is Psalm 19. So I'll read the whole passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and we'll spend our time praying along this theme. Hey, thanks for making us part of your morning and winter rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his courts. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden thoughts. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me, then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock, and my Redeemer. This is the Word of God for us. One of the signs of ah, what we call relatively wimpy religion is that it doesn't really plug you back into this world. There's a lot of religious options out there and many things that are religious that maybe aren't labeled as religious that try to make us transcend this world, to try to remove us from the hardships of this world, uh, the paradoxes of this world, but a religion that can bring us to the heart of God and towards the heart of others and into a lived experience. Now that is a gutsy religion. And that's the religion that we find from Genesis all the way to the maps. Though it might be contrary to the opinion of some preachers that you and I have heard out there, what we read as we get into Scripture is that Scripture wants to give us a vision of the holy among the common things of life. We see this even in the liturgy of the Old Testament community. The Old Testament community, when they would celebrate Passover, that great moment where God transcended, where He transcended the heavens and He came to earth uh, through His servant Moses, delivered His people from Egypt and brought them out uh, out of slavery into a place of freedom. That is the celebration of Passover. It's this big, holy, like otherworldly event. But during those same times, whenever they celebrate Passover, there's also readings of not just from the book of Exodus about this great moment, but the book of Song of Solomon, which is a articulation of the intimate love that a man and a woman have together. And so they never want us, uh, and they did this on purpose because they never want us to detach our lived experience 
from this otherworldly and sacred experience. And so we see times in the scripture text where they try to mash the two together. And we see that in Psalm 19. I was actually blown away when I discovered that there's a good chance, there's a good chance, this is just a theory, okay? There's a good chance that the first stanza of Psalm 19 was swiped from a different uh, believing community. Another song that's out there in in a different Mesopotamian tribe and somehow came to uh, the awareness of the uh, Old Testament community. And when they heard the song, they didn't say, well, that's not one of our songs, so we're not going to sing it or use it or find value in it. They actually said, you know what? This could actually be the adequate way of a background that we could talk about our God. Because they believe that they worship Yahweh, the one true creator God. And so when the first stanza of Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, the skies proclaim the work of his hands, day after day they pour forth speech. This is something that they would have known. This is something that they would have practiced because... They read again and again that this one God created the heavens and the earth and he placed them within it as his advanced people to declare his glory to the ends of the earth. You'll notice that they don't stop there. This is just the background, this hymn from a different community because there's a pivot in verse 7. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. And so there's this great big stanza about the law of God and what it does for a person who reads and understands and believes and acts out the law that God has given his people. And so what I love about this psalm, about the song they would have sung among their community, is that they sang about creation, this general revelation of God. And then they sang about this unique and special revelation of this law that God gives his people. And both of them are delightful, right? Like watching what creation's uh, what creation reveals to us about the God above all things, and then we see in the words of the law of the text what this same God communicates as well, and they belong together. What I love is there is no sacred secular divide in Psalm 19, but the believing community in the Old Testament said, if God is a God of all creation, if He's the one God that we call out to. Then every square inch, as Abraham Kuyper says later, generations later. But anywhere we look, we can see the evidence of this God. We can see it in the mountains. We can see it in the sky. We can see it as the sun makes its circle again and again. And we also see it in the text that he has so lovingly given us. The word that allows us to be ascribed as his people. And so, brother and sister, may you and I resist the temptation of taking our religion and making it just only otherworldly. Because what we read in John's Gospel, in John chapter 1, is that this God put on flesh and he dwelt among us. As one writer said, God has worked so tirelessly and so hard of taking the word and make it into the flesh. Let's resist the temptation like many religious people do of taking flesh and put it back into words, something as abstract something that takes a a lot of explanation before we can actually begin to track with it. No, this God has moved into the neighborhood and he's moved among us. So may we see him in all things, in film and TV show, in a long conversation with a stranger and friend, through a, a, a song that we hear on the radio, through the prayers that we pray together as the believing people of God. And yes, everything that we encounter this day. So I want to pray that God would open up our eyes. That's what revelation means that you'd open up our eyes, that we might see him today as we encounter the world, as we seek to encounter him. Let's pray this morning.
Father, Son, and Spirit, we reach out to you this morning. And I thank you that the word tells us that in you we live and move and we have our being. That we wake up this morning and we watch the sun or we watch the rain water the earth. We break bread, we make coffee, we uh, commute to work, we have conversation with coworkers and friends and neighbors. And what we believe deep down is that you are near in the midst of all of it. So God, we resist the temptation of carving up the world between sacred and secular because we know that there's not one space that you don't inhabit, one thing that's not in your care. So God, just as you allow the rain to fall upon the righteous and the unrighteous, we know that you shower blessings, your general blessings and revelation on all people, and we see it in every square inch. But God, we also know this day that you've given a law, that it refreshes the soul that it illuminates the mind, that it opens up the eyes. And God, many of us have recognized this revelation. We've had an unveiling and our eyes have been opened to know and to understand you. God, we pray for more. We pray that you'd open up our eyes further, that you'd open up our hearts so that we might know, open up our minds, we might be able to conceive more and more of who you are. God, we got loved ones in our life who it seems like a veil is still over their eyes. There's a cloudiness in their soul. There's something blocking their heart from being open. God, this day we pray for your mercy to be poured out to them. May this be the day that their eyes are open. May this be the day that their hearts are open. May this be the day that truth penetrates deeply and causes them to wonder, that causes them to seek, that causes them to see you today. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may your kingdom come and will be done. Open up our eyes, for we wish to see Jesus today. We ask all these things in his name. Amen.